the Bible assures us that God has great pleasure in our prosperity. In Psalm 35, 27, we read, The Lord be magnified, who delights in the prosperity of His servant. And yet, so many believers struggle with the fact that God really does want them to prosper. They struggle so much with it that they actually build an anti-prosperity and anti-success theology to make themselves feel better about staying broke. Others also have an unscriptural view of prosperity and teach lavish spending and opulence instead. Both views are unbalanced. Today, we'll look into this verse and consider the reasons why God really does delight in our prosperity. We'll also take a look at what true biblical prosperity is. Are you ready? Let's dig deeper. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, hosted by certified coaches Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Elizabeth is a Christian life and leadership coach, branding consultant, and busy mompreneur. Sebastian is a Christian speaker, Bible teacher, author, and leadership expert. Together, they help today's committed believers to dig deeper in their knowledge and walk with God in order for them to grow and climb higher in life and leadership. If you want to dig even deeper, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com for more free resources and content. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. We're so glad you can join us. Thanks for listening in. This is going to be a great topic. Why God delights in your prosperity. I think a lot of Christians don't even understand fully what that means. And, you know, um, when it comes to money, religion has done a really good job at painting a negative black picture about Christians being wealthy. So I really know that this podcast is going to bless you. It's going to enlighten you. It's going to help you see things differently. And I just want to say there that we do have like a windstorm around us outside. We live uh, on an island. So if you're hearing some wind, some, some noises, that's what you're hearing. So let's dig in. Absolutely. I just want to start by putting you guys in a hypothetical situation, okay? If I were to ask a gathering, a church assembly or a conference of evangelical people, if I were to ask them the question, let's say I'm on a stage and I'm speaking, and I'm asking the question, what does God delight in? Or maybe, let's portray yourself maybe sitting in church, on a Sunday morning, and the pastor asks you this, what does God delight in? It's very easy to suppose that I would get some of the following answers. Some would say he delights in our obedience. Some would say he delights in our faith. Others would say he delights in our praise. And sure enough, some would say he delights in our knowledge of his word. 
And, and these, by the way, are all very, very good and biblical answers. God does indeed delight in all of these things. But one answer would probably not end up on this family feud type survey says board. And that answer is, he delights in our prosperity. I would be very surprised if some people would say that in, a, in an assembly of believers. And yet, like I said in the introduction, the Bible does assure us that God indeed delights in our prosperity. The Lord be magnified who delights in the prosperity of his servant. That was penned by King David, who was prosperous. When I read this verse, it not only reassures me, but it brings so much joy to me. God really does want us to succeed in all aspects of life, including financially. He delights in our prosperity so much that the scriptures, the Bible, also tells us that he plans for it. In Jeremiah 29, 11, which is a favorite verse of so many believers, we read, For I know the plans I have for you. That's the Lord speaking, okay? Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So God actually plans for our prosperity, and then when we become prosperous, He delights in it. Nevertheless, it's a concept that so many believers have a hard time coming to grips with. Many have a hard time wrapping their heads around God the Father actually delighting in and planning their prosperity. And this is why prosperity teachers, or what we call the prosperity gospel, gets so much hate and criticism. And I know also that some who teach that message have gone overboard. They've, they've taught the type of prosperity that is not biblical prosperity. And we're going to address what biblical prosperity is later in this podcast. Because I want you guys to, what, to, to get out of this podcast today a balanced view of prosperity and what God wants for you. That's really, really great. And um, I know that a lot of you listeners have other Christian friends that can benefit from a teaching like this. A lot of people, either they'll knock down the, the prosperity teachers and not take any good of what they're saying because some have gone overboard. And then we have the extremists, you know, that believe that we should be poor, that makes us righteous and, you know, uh, having money is evil. So we have like very big extremes, extremes. in the Christian world. Yeah. So please share this with other believers because I know that it's going to really help them to understand what God delights in, what God expects of you. And um, it really helps us to see a different way of seeing God and how he does want great things for us and uh, that it doesn't have to be so hard, you know, the life that you're living. Mm -hmm. um, there, There's like in our podcast, if you didn't listen to it, the last one, uh, that God gave you the God-given ability to create wealth is a really good podcast. And that's going to help you as well if you go back and listen to that one. Yeah. So as I was saying earlier, so many people have such a hard time believing that God wants their prosperity. But why is it so hard to believe? Why is that so difficult? Those of us who are parents are exactly the same way as God. Think about this. Most of us delight 
in the prosperity and the success of our children. I mean, if you're a good parent, yeah. not if you're a wicked one. I mean, we've seen bad parents and sometimes in movies that when, when the kid comes home and, and does something good, they just sla slam them down. I'm not talking about these parents. I'm talking about good parents. And if you're a believer, I'm hoping that you're a good parent. So we delight in the prosperity and success of our children. Why should God be any different? Let's paraphrase the Bible a little bit, okay? I'm going to take a verse in the Bible, a saying of, of Jesus, actually, and I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit. If you then, though you are evil, delight in the prosperity of your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, delight in your prosperity? You of little faith. <laughs> the Bible says... In Isaiah 64, verse 6, that our own righteousness is like a filthy rag before him. That's what the Bible says, okay? It says that our own righteousness is like a filthy rag before him. And yet, we dare presuppose that our love towards our own children is greater than his love towards us? That's pride. I mean, that is pride. If you can spell pride, you can spell it right now. That is pride. P-R-I-D-E. Because it is only pride and presumption that induces this kind of perverse thinking towards God. I delight in the prosperity of my child, but God is not good enough to delight in my prosperity. That's what many of us are indeed saying when we cannot believe that God wants us to prosper. Now you might ask, okay, so why then does God delight in our prosperity? And that's a very good question. Why does God delight in our prosperity? And the answer is very simple. It's two things. Number one, we saw that in the last episode. And like Liz said, if you want to go back and listen, that's a great idea. He wants his covenant established. Okay, so that's the first thing. And our prosperity enables this to happen. It enables us, it empowers us to establish His covenant upon the earth. And second reason why God wants us to prosper is that He loves us. Plain and simple. A pure, holy, unadulterated love. Here's what I've noticed, okay, from in all my years as a believer. By observing the most prosperous believers, the wealthiest believers, here's what I've noticed about these people. They do not doubt of his love. And they believe that because God loves them, he does delight in their prosperity. Now, this is no coincidence, okay, and, and in the same manner, I've also observed this, okay? I have observed that Christians who focus more on negative scriptural truths, because there are positive scriptural truths, and there are negative scriptural truths. So those who focus more, because when you read your Bible, there's stuff you can focus on. You can choose to focus on certain matters, or you can choose to focus on others. I recommend focusing on the whole Word of God, the whole counsel of God. But depending what type of believer you are, you know, glass half full, glass half empty, you're going to focus on different parts of scriptures. Those who focus more on the negative scriptural truths, such as, for example, 
their own sinful nature, or the judgments of God, or maybe God's anger. Okay, those who focus on stuff like that, I have noticed this. They tend generally to be less prosperous than believers who focus on God's love, on God's power, on God's grace, and on God's blessings. Now, this to me means the math is quite simple. Those who expect great things from God are the ones who get great things from God. Those who believe God really does delight in their prosperity are those who prosper the most. There's a pastor who once asked his, his congregation a very, very good rhetorical question. He said, we call ourselves believers, but what do we believe? Do we believe his promises? Do we believe in his goodness? Do we believe that he cares for us? Now, at this point in the podcast, I promised I would do it at the, at the beginning. I'm, I'm going to do it. I think it's very necessary for me to define prosperity. Okay, in context of the verse that is our main verse, but also in the context of the whole of Scripture. I do not believe or endorse or teach that God wants every single one of us to be multimillionaires. I don't believe this, okay? Now, he might want some of us to become very rich for varying reasons and for varying purposes. But I don't believe that becoming a multimillionaire or wealthy beyond reason is for the most of us. I believe the prosperity he wants you to have is not necessarily excessive in nature. But the prosperity that God wants you to have is definitely, definitely, definitely more than enough. And no offense, okay, to you people listening right now, but it's more than what you're enjoying right now at this point in your life for some of you. Some of you already have that blessing, already have that mindset, and you're already enjoying significant prosperity. Good for you. I'm happy for you. But my message is a little bit more aimed at those who are not enjoying that type of prosperity. And we're going we're gonna to look into that type, the biblical prosperity I'm talking about. We're going to go to a verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. In the Common English Bible Version, it is said this way, God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way, you will have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. So I like this version because it really uses, uses the term more than enough. So more than enough for you as a believer, as a kingdom expander, as a child of God, means the following, okay? And this is where it gets important. This is the crux of my message today. More than enough means, number one, you having no financial debt. Remember, the Bible teaches us that when we have debt, we are slave to the lender. And God doesn't want us to be slave to anybody, but if we're going to be slaves to anyone, it should be to Him. 
Okay, so number one, you having no financial debt. More than enough also means you having more than enough money. Now listen very carefully. More than enough money to fulfill every kingdom assignment that God has for you. Okay. And finally, and this is another important part. Remember how the Bible and God wants us to be generous souls. He wants us to be rivers so that money and abundance flows through us and towards others. So the third point is this. Having more than enough means you having more than enough left over to help other people fulfill their kingdom assignments. That's absolutely amazing. And, you know, um, I think, you know, when we really put ourselves um, in a perspective of a father, when we see God the Father, and if you think of yourself as a parent, and, you know, when we read in the, especially in the Old Testament, when it talks about legacy and inheritance and all that, it was super important, you know, for uh, men to have sons and to have, Uh, children that prospered and that continued the legacy so whatever they built with their hands and you know um, whatever they had as wealth was able to provide for their legacy for their families and the families of the families and and, and went on right like we we read in in those stories you know with Abraham and uh, many others and I think it's important to understand that God, you know, we are made in God's image Mm -hmm. and God delights in that as well because like any, you know, when your child goes off to get married, you don't want them to be wanting. You don't want them to be, um, you know, especially if you have a daughter, you want her to, to marry somebody that has wealth. Why? Because in general, and (laughs) I don't care how Christian you are, (laughs) you know, we all say, yes, yes, we want our, our daughter to marry a good and godly husband and that's very true but you know we do want him to have a decent wallet because if he doesn't then you know that your daughter is going to starve or not be able to have abundance right she won't be able to have many many children because she won't be able to afford those children and and this reminds me of so a that's joke that's just normal right? and this reminds me of a joke Liz, and i'm going to share it with our audience uh it's that it's that father whose whose daughter was uh uh, was dating this uh, missionary, this guy called to the mission field. Yeah. And uh, he came over one night to, to meet the parents of the girl and, and the father was eager to speak with him because he wanted to know what his daughter was getting into with this guy. So so he sits down with him. He says, uh, so, uh, so you're a theological student, if I understand correctly. And the guy says, yes, yes. So uh, once, you, once you get out of college, uh, what are you going to live on? And the kid says, oh, God will provide. And then he asks him, says, so when you, when you go out to that mission field, like, how, how are you going to lodge yourself and, and, and feed my, my daughter and, and possibly your children? Oh, God will provide. And uh, what about airfare? Like when are you going to come back and you want to come back and maybe visit the churches that are funding you? How, how are you going to? Oh, sir, I really believe that God will provide. So the evening goes on and, you know, the, the guy leaves and, uh, and the next day he, he talks to his wife, you know, the, 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 the father talks to, to, to the wife and she says, so how did it go when you spoke with our daughter's beau? And he went like, well, he seems to have the heart in the right place, right? He seems to be a good kid, uh, 
But the thing I like the most about him is that he thinks I'm God. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't want that, right? I mean, you don't... (laughs) Anyway, that's the point Liz was making, right? I mean, if you're going to serve the Lord or or, or whatever, uh, you also want to make sure that you're able to leave a legacy in the process. Leave something to your children also. Exactly. And, you know, that's why... When I picture my father in heaven, that's how I see him mostly as a father. Because when you see him in that light, and especially if you're a parent, you can understand better how he would just want wonderful things for you. We all want our children to have good things, but we also as parents want them to live a legacy through what we leave them. So if, especially if you're a Christian entrepreneur and you're building something, you want your kids to be part of that. You want them to continue and grow that legacy. Well, without any finances, how do you expect them to do that? Yeah. So it just makes sense that he delights, you know, in, in that prosperity for the legacy from generation to generation. And especially if your children can grow it even bigger than what you've accomplished. Mm, it's such a delight when you see your kids succeed, even even at a young age. I mean, our kids are, aren't old. They're not at that age when they're, um, you know, going getting a career or anything. They're, they're still young. Our oldest is 10 years old. But whenever he does succeed in anything, him or the others, we're so happy for them. We delight in that. So... This is what our loving Father delights in, your prosperity. And in last week's episode, I said, it is not God's will for you to be poor. I, I know it's God's will for you to have more than enough. Like I said today, it's, it's God's will for you to have more than enough. How much for you does he want? I have no idea. But one thing I do know for sure, I know it's not his will for you to be poor. We're starting a new year. We're still at the beginning of the year. Many are setting out to achieve new things in the new year. And that's great. And that's perfectly normal. But guess what? You cannot achieve new things or break new grounds with your old thoughts. Okay? I'm saying this because it's so important. You cannot make headway or progress in this new year with last year's thoughts, mindset, and limiting beliefs. If you still have a hard time believing that God delights in your prosperity, this is a limiting belief that you need to get rid of in 2020. Limiting beliefs prevent your growth. Limiting beliefs are preventing you from becoming the best version of yourself. And the best version of yourself is someone who's able to grow themselves in every area of your life. Ultimate health, ultimate knowledge, and yes, even ultimate wealth. So what's the maximum you can achieve in these categories? Well, there's a maximum. There's a, there's a ceiling for, for every one of us, and most of us never tap into it. That, that potential, that it, it stays untapped. So it is God's holy will that you grow yourself to your full potential. In more conservative circles, we call this sanctification. Okay? And sanctification simply means you becoming more Christ-like. But unfortunately, for many believers, becoming uh, more Christ-like, or for some people in religious circles, 
They understand this in terms of making yourself smaller to appear more humble and not making yourself more or to become more. So we have this negative connotation that sanctification means you wanting less, needing less, becoming more humble because you're becoming more poor. That's a, that's a religious mindset. Okay? Make no mistake about it. God calls us to grow in Him and He wills that growth to be manifest. So it needs to, to, to show. Okay? When Christ calls us to take the last place, you know, there's all these verses in the scriptures where Jesus Christ calls us to take the last place instead of the first place or to lose our life, to find it. Jesus is speaking of an attitude of the heart. It's about us showing humility and servant leadership. It is not a call to stop growing. And it's definitely not a call for you to shrink or make yourself smaller. It means to have a humble attitude, but it doesn't mean to stunt your growth. And it certainly doesn't mean for you to stay broke to appear more godly. When we are called in the Bible to die to self, it's basically a call to be sold out to Him. It is not a call to poverty. So you need to make that distinction. Dying to self doesn't mean to become broke. Okay? Your playing small does not serve God or the world you live in. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. As children of God, we are all meant to shine, to be the light of the world. We were born again to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. So you're not to stunt your growth in any area of your life, and that includes your finances. I am now going to say something that might shock some of you. It is selfish to keep yourself from growing to your full financial potential. Believers who say things like, I don't need or want more money, or I just want enough to get by, are not acting from a humble spirit. They are acting from a poverty spirit. There's a big distinction there. Furthermore, in saying things like these, they are blocking themselves from becoming conduits that God can use to bless others. When you prevent yourself from growing financially to your full potential, you are acting, I'm sorry to say, selfishly. I mean, face it, who knows how many people you could bless if you grew yourself and your income significantly. The Bible says it, and we talked about that last week. God doesn't want you to just get by. There's no one in the Bible that says that God wants you to get by. But there is a verse in Deuteronomy 8.18 that says he wants you to get wealth. That he's given you the ability to get wealth, not get by. And that's why he gave you that ability. Now this begs the question, and it's an important one. God has given you the ability to get wealth. So what are you going to do about it this year, in 2020? 
Maybe you're already doing that. Maybe you're already trying to work yourself to your full potential in all areas of your life and it's showing up in your finances. Good for you. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Really, I am. But maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe some of you guys don't know what you're going to do about it yet. Maybe some of our listeners right now, they just don't know. They'd love to build some extra income, start a business, pay off some debts. A lot of believers out there are in debt. A lot of believers would love to build residual income, but they have absolutely no idea where to start. Now, if you're one of those believers who has no clue where to get started, maybe you've been doing a job that you hate. Maybe you, you've been dreaming of getting out of it. Maybe you're like, is that all there is to life? For me to go to work, work long hours and get a wages that I feel are, don't, are not a reflection of my father's glory? Maybe you'd love to start building residual income or building wealth. So if you believe that God does indeed delight in your prosperity and you would yourself, you feel that this is something you want, maybe you're tired of having more month at the end of your money. We've been there. Trust us, we've been there. And it does suck. Well, we have a proposition for you. Most financial experts today agree that in order to create wealth in our economy today, you need at least five streams of income. And King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, even goes as far as saying that we need seven different streams of income. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 2 says, Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. And we do live in uncertain times, and that can be scary for some. And that is why it's so important to diversify your streams of income. But the reality of life is this. Most people, most of us, have only two or three different streams of income. So here's our proposition. If you want to have an extra stream of income, a great one. If you do desire to leave an inheritance not only to your children, but also to your grandchildren. If you want to help more people. If you desire better things for yourself and your family. If any of these things resonate with you. If you want more time freedom to spend on things that matter. Building your ministry. Creating an impact. Here's the thing. You need more income coming your way, okay? You need more streams of income. And the best way, the best type of income that we know of is residual income. We believe that God wants you to bear not just spiritual fruit, but financial fruit as well. For your well-being, for your family, for your legacy, for your testimony, for His kingdom. And yes, yes, as we spoke of today, even for his delight, <laughs> for his delight, so that he may delight in your prosperity. And the good news is that we're looking for believers who care about changing their situation. We're looking for people who don't want to just get by anymore. We're looking for people who want things to change and who are willing to change in order to make this happen. Remember, if you always do what you've always done, your life will always be what it's always been. So we're looking for people who are willing to think differently in 2020, 
to achieve different results in 2020. So we're looking to work with believers who have a growth mindset and who really do believe that God has given them the ability to create wealth in order to establish His kingdom, His covenant upon the earth. A company we work with is constantly growing and it's expanding and it's very solid. And because of that growth, we're seeking people who want to grow in leadership, build a solid team, change people's lives, prosper financially, and yes, leave a legacy. So if what you've heard today about God delighting in your prosperity, and you would like to not only delight God by your obedience, not only delight God by your spirituality or your spiritual fruit, but you understand that as a human being, you need to bear fruit in all areas of life. You need to grow to your maximum potential in all areas of life. If you understand that, and that's what you desire in 2020, and if what you've heard here today sounds good to you, and you would like to learn more, we encourage you to go to prosperinglife.com. This will give you the opportunity to get a little more information and possibly enter into a work relationship with us. We would be really thrilled to work with believers, like-minded believers, who believe that God does want them to leave a legacy, God has given them the ability to create wealth, and who also believe that, yeah, my Father in Heaven really loves me, and He really does delight in my prosperity. And 2020 is going to be my best year yet. It's going to be my most prosperous year yet. Not only spiritually, not only in health, but financially as well. The whole package. And that's what we hope for you guys in 2020. The whole package. So we hope that, that what we said today here resonates with you. We hope that as a result, you'll, you'll want more for yourself and you'll be willing to visit prosperinglife.com. So I hope that this podcast encouraged you, uh, that it made you see things differently, that you see a Heavenly Father that delights in your prosperity and that you don't feel any more guilt when it comes to creating wealth and growing your business. And um, be sure to share this podcast with other believers that need to hear this message. So uh, we look forward to hearing from you and working with you. Be blessed. And thrive on. For more free resources and content, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com 